0: Hello, welcome to the new season and welcome to the Manchester's Red podcast from the Manchester News. We're back again. A nice wet Monday in Manchester. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Samuel Luckers. Hello Rich. And by Charlotte Duncan who looks freezing.
1: It's so cold in here. (laughs) I think summer's officially gone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think summer has officially gone but that does mean the new season's here it does Um, and
2: yeah summer's over the new season's here United have won so it's Mm. it's a lot more it's a lot more upbeat than than it was in in Miami and just all the other states of America they um, they travel to but I think as far as Mourinho was concerned as long as they got a win against Leicester whether it was one nil own goal no other shots on target which I think happened a few years ago in the first game against Spurs Um, if it was like that he'd have been delighted because there was such a lot of rancor going into that game Uh, such a lot of uncertainty about certain players and I think really the the gloom lifted not just with not really with Pogba's penalty but when the team dropped in Mm. an hour before kick-off and you saw Pogba was captain that he was starting alone was, was a huge boost it was a very, very attack minded midfield. I don't think I've seen a midfield Mourinho selected that that forward thinking. Not in terms of I mean, he's, he's had better midfields, but in terms of that all out attack mentality. It was it was quite interesting that he, he went for that uh, natural width from the fullbacks and very little pragmatism in attack. So it was uh, it was it was good. It was it was just it was just refreshing to actually I know this sounds a bit daft coming from a journalist, but it's actually nice to to cover some positivity because, as as good as negativity is from a professional perspective and and writing on it, I think it it, it does make it a lot more interesting from again from our perspective. But the positivity um, is is always welcomed, and particularly when it's the start of a new season. Yeah, I so think short. it's
1: been hard to. It's all been quite negative in the last few weeks, and you sort of forget that United did do transfer business at the beginning of the window because there's been so much focus at the end of yeah. Mourinho wants X, Y, and Z, and he's not going to get them. It's a disaster. United's season's already killed off because <laughs> they've not signed Eldor or Harry Maguire or somebody else. But he signed Fred and Diallo at the start of the season. He uh, transfer window. He obviously wanted them, and then, like, say, it was just good to finally get the football back underway and stop all this negativity. Yeah,
2: I guess that's what well, the negativity was set by him. I know, I get that.
1: I get I'm not I'm not blaming you Samuel <laughs> no, no, no. For, for spinning any like tall no, stories. No, no. It has come from Mourinho, but I think the fans, some of the fans have got totally swept up in it and they've got got on board with his way of thinking and it's all been about negativity towards if it's not negativity towards Woodward, it's negativity towards Mourinho. People seem to be split into two camps. So they
0: need a Public Academy, don't they? they need someone, yeah. yeah so there's, there's always it's got one to or be the escape, other, yeah. yeah. But did you enjoy Friday night? I'm not sure if you have <laughs> established this on that. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I
1: did. I had a really good time, <laughs> um, because it's been a lot, It feels like pre season felt like it went on forever maybe yeah. that's just because I was stuck back in Manchester working at 4am especially
2: <laughs> that penalty shooter. Yeah, yeah I think
1: that tipped me over the edge <laughs> to be honest I had no idea what the what, score was so I was like please somebody miss." but um yeah personal low of my summer but there you go <laughs> <laughs> so I was just glad that the football's back and um like we said United were back to winning I don't think it was the best performance we no. could have out for
0: do you think the early goal hampered that approach because we saw such an attacking approach but the fact United scored so early on they almost had achieved what well, it sounds like quite early do you not know, think or?
2: possibly I mean Ferguson did did say that once. thing when they played at Rangers 15 years ago and Phil Neville scored inside five minutes and he said afterwards, I think we scored too, too early, early. <laughs> because the crowd there was that little spell where they were really quiet but then Rangers fans being Rangers fans they were um, Give it a pretty raucous again uh, I think certainly the first 10 minutes United were on top and you just thought if they get another here then it could it could be a hell of a night yeah. uh, but then I think after that early spell of momentum petered out Leicester credit to them were actually pretty good I thought and were a little bit unlucky not to get a draw mm. out of the game I thought Madison um, acquitted himself very well for someone who has been spoken about a lot in the championship but it's, it's a whole different kettle of fish when you get mm. to the Premier League, and I was very impressed impressed by him. Just Leicester's tempo. Um, United did kind of there were there were flickers of regression, so to speak, in that they were withdrawn. They were trying to hit them on the counter attack. I think United's evening would have been a lot easier if the forwards were really on their game. I know Mata came a lot came good at the end with the pass for for Shaw's goal, but. Sanchez was very fortunate to last ninety minutes. I think Rashford, you know, sometimes we look at these games and think it's the first game of the season, it should be a nice later game, but we have you know, we've seen that movie before yeah. from Rashford as a striker, so that's that's gonna be a source of concern in a season where you United know, are bound to be reliant on Lukaku again. And and if he does get injured, um it's it's very difficult to you know, discern who's actually going to get that number nine role because there's an argument to say that it should be Sanchez um, with Marshall you saw when Popper came off the bench and was clasping mm. hands with the players just how miserable he looked and I know there's some I'm no, no, I know. that I know, I, know <laughs> I know he's like a, an, an, he, he's like it, a yeah. he, he, you know it's almost like the football equivalent of the Manson family it's, it's that cultish and that scary sometimes yeah. dealing with, with his followers online but he hasn't helped himself in a lot of ways. With the whole baby thing, I completely understand that. I don't... I think, as Gav Southgate mentioned in the World Cup, when Delph went off, he said mm. it was a generational thing, people who would, you know, turn their noses up at that. But I completely understand that. But the fact was, he then didn't bother turning up for training in a week. And Do
1: you think that was a big communication thing? Because, obviously, sure, Marina is not going to be grudging going home to be at the birth of his child, and nobody would. Do you... But the... Wasn't the, the murmurs coming out of camp that he didn't... Marshall didn't tell United that that was his plan, that he was going to fly back until, like, the last minute?
2: Yeah, I think um, Mourinho had kind of had his fill of him after uh, the Liverpool game when he said, you yeah. know, baby's healthy, thank God, and everything, but he should be here. When he was brought up... When Marshall was brought up again in Miami, I think it was by an American report, it was just a bit of an out-of-the-blue question, given what had gone on, and... um he just he referred the question to the press officer because he had no interest in it. So there does seem to be like it does feel like there's been a breakdown of of communication there. But I think what's helped that since that my since obviously Marshall tweeted about his baby, his family, and everything. Uh, United have only had one pre season friendly. There wasn't a press conference after the game, so Mourinho really couldn't be asked about it. Uh, any TV, never going to ask him about no. it. That's there's no nothing wrong with that. That's just the way they operate. And then, of course, it's the first game of the season, and by that point, it's it's you know found its way down the agenda, and, and Marshall's on the bench, and everything's okay again. So, but it
1: was interesting, wasn't it? In the build-up to the game, there was so much talk because all the talk's been about Pogba in the last week, and um, people returning from the World Cup. He wasn't really on the agenda, was he? People weren't like, oh, is Marshall going to start? It was sort of. Like you say, like brushed to one side. I don't think
2: anybody really had any. I think it was such a given he wasn't. Yeah, yeah really, and, but... and, and also, I, f- I forgot to mention, I suppose, that, that Marino's pretty much pressed to ask him about Marshall and you know he, he could have laid into him again, but he gave a bit of a lousy excuse as to why he wasn't in Munich. He said, because he didn't have a pre season. He yeah. said, well, if you haven't had a pre season, you, you play him or you certainly take him to a game which is a pre season yeah. friendly. So he quashed it there, and after the game on Friday as well, he he said that he wanted to bring Marshall on but couldn't because of the fitness um, fitness fatigue in players like Fred. So uh, it was a bit of an olive branch he offered there. But as I said, you know, Marshall looked more miserable than ever on the bench, and still wouldn't surprise me if you know come this point next year, if if he's still in this situation and is still the manager, you'd think that United just got to cut their losses of him because. Yeah is still there and how as soon as you've got just a year left on your contract um, there is no point keeping that play it has to take a massive upturn in fortune like
0: a fax machine malfunction yeah um, we were talking about another Frenchman though. Paul Pogba you alluded to before he captained the sign on Friday do you think that was a wise move by United
1: yeah definitely I, personally I think he should have been handed the captain's armband on a permanent basis Can understand why Antonio Valencia has been given it, but
0: safe option, do you think? Yeah, definitely.
1: He's up. He's older. I think looking if you wanted to look to the future and to make a (laughs) statement, he should have given it to Pod. I I was going to say, and all those videos that came out of the World Cup as well. He was leading that France dressing room. He didn't have the armband, so there's the argument there that he doesn't need it to lead the team. But with all the speculation going around about his future, it just would have been a. Good sign of commitment to him, wouldn't it? If Mourinho turned around and says, "Yeah, I've got faith in you to lead this yeah. team," and his comments after the game about leading them out, being there from being in the academy and stuff like that, yeah, maybe it's sort of ingrained in them to come out with these because it sounds nice, doesn't it? Oh, I'm like, really yeah, proud I'd to have it. the armband. But do you know what? Maybe he meant it because he has—he's he been at the club. Yeah, he's, the way he said
0: it, he he's been at the club to. since
1: a young age. They get it and they get what it means to come through the academy and push her into the first team. So he does seem to be the right person to lead them. And he had a brilliant performance on Friday, arguably man of the match. And bear in mind, he'd only had, what, four days in training before then?
0: Yeah, and he played all the World Cup as well. It's not as if that was his only time off. Um, The Pogba rumours will never go away, Sammy. What do you make of the uh, suggestion? And there's no way there was, No, was serious, no there's,
2: there, was, there was absolutely never a chance of it happening uh, this summer I, I'd still be very confident that in a year's time there'll still be a United player as well you just look at I think what's been striking about this window with most clubs is that there is a hesitancy to go with market inflation um, Liverpool have, were an exception with Alisson really Chelsea were as well with Caper, but that was in force and he had, had a release clause in. they had to because of the Courtois situation, they just they just had to do it. I think Pogba at the moment is I mean he's got three years left in his United contract, effectively four with the plus one. The way he's pl- the way he played at the World Cup, um, the, the marketability of him, just the, the, the talent of him, you'd probably say that he's worth double what they paid for him two years ago. Uh, I don't think Barcelona are going to be paying 180 million pounds um, for him next summer. I mean maybe they will but I just I can't see that happening and I think that's got to be the minimum United demand for him you could argue he's worth more than that after Neymar going for 198 million and not really doing much of the World Cup but these things change very very drastically I mean I remember when Reno drew up his short list of players in that first summer he was at United he wanted specifically the term that was given to me was a captain midfielder and I think Pogba completely fits that role there but at the end of the season, I think we did a poll on the website saying who should be the next United captain. And De Gea won it by a landslide because at that time, Pogba's form had been a bit iffy. There was a bit of tension yeah. there. He wasn't as, um, you know, his popularity wasn't as high with sports as it is now. But I think most United fans genuinely like Pogba as, as a person, they, they love him as a footballer, clearly and uh, it's amazing what a brilliant World Cup can do for you and I don't think that was the very best of pop when you saw the World Cup I thought it was a very pragmatic version and that's probably what piqued Mourinho in that when he asks him to fulfil that role for United it's, all, it's as if all hell breaks loose and he's not playing on the left of a midfield three and he can't play in midfield two well that's just completely mythical now because
0: he's gone to a World Cup and, and won it with just N'Golo Kante beside him Charlotte, like you said that your mile match and fire point was Pogba. Another player who stole the show was Luke Shaw. Finally, after all these years, he's put another foot, a step forward to go in, to being United's long term successor at left back. Yeah. Are you impressed by it? What do, do you think? The goal made it look better. Than no, I think People it was it, it was well. a solid performance
1: from him at um, left back. It was interesting watching Mourinho on the touchline doing his words of encouragement, over enthusiastically clapping him when he like won his challenges and stuff. He said in the past, has not he, all them comments about like it being uh, Mourinho's mind and yeah. uh, Luke Shaw's body, but I think no one would begrudge Shaw of everyone wants him to succeed, especially, he did an in-depth interview with you, didn't he, Samuel, on the, on the tour, and he clearly wants to make it at United, and after those pictures emerged of him on holiday yeah. in Ibiza, less than flattering, shall we say, but then he went and did something about it, and he went to Dubai, and he put himself through some gruelling training sessions for a couple of weeks and he's come back and to be fair to him he he looks to be getting back to that peak form obviously before he had his horrific injury United haven't really seen the best of him yet mm. and I think to be fair he's not been given a chance and he, need, but he needs to be given a run of games he can't just be chucked in once and then bring him out again and then say "Oh, go in and then if he doesn't have a good game say well that's why I'm not playing you he needs he needs to be given a chance but I'm not sure. I think Ashley Young might be back in the frame for the game on Sunday. I
0: mean, they were saying before the game on Friday um, that Short still played more games for Southampton than he had for United. I think they're now level the amount of times he's appeared for both clubs. It's crazy to think how long he's been at United. Yeah, it's remarkable. Um, I think going back to
2: January when he came into the team because Young was suspended, I think, and he was playing well, they triggered the extension of his contract and then Mourinho was talking up a new contract. For him on the Friday, and then the following day, when Young was available again at Burnley, Young was back in, and that kind of just set the tone for the rest of the season because Mourinho was just so so loyal to Ashley Young, and he he enjoyed similar loyalty from, from Van Gaal in his first season as well. I think with Shaw, he's, he's the specialist left back. Uh, I think watching the way football is, yeah, the, the tactical shift in football these days, it's better to have natural width. Uh, from the four backs but that said I think watching him in pre-season he, he didn't particularly convince the upside of pre-seasons that the performances are completely meaningless and he performed when it mattered against Leicester on, on Friday night um, I, you, I think a lot of people do want him to succeed and he's in a bit of an invidious position now in that he's, he is literally in the last year of his contract there's no plus one he's playing for his future at the club if it doesn't work out for him I think that period where you could have seen him go off to another top six club, the chance of that are a little bit remote now. You probably look at possibly Tottenham if they get rid of Danny Rose over the next year, but he's he's got the um, he's got the gumption to to do it. I'm certainly speaking to him in in LA, he was very. I mean, we weren't you know really probing him for these responses. He was very candid and very frank about what he wanted to achieve at United and very honest just about how you know, he was kind of embarrassed by the situation that he'd allowed himself to get in that position where he has got less than 12 months on his contract and there's a bit of hesitancy in his camp there over whether to sign or not because you know it could be a full storm and it's just a case of United safeguarding his value but if in three months he's still playing like this and he signs a new contract you know for certain it's because the club want him to be their next left back for however many years I think when he's first signed most United fans would have hoped there's a left back there for the next 10 or 15 yeah. years it's a big if still but it's a very positive start he's made
1: but it's quite refreshing to see isn't it that he's prepared to fight for his career because Mourinho's not giving him the chance most of the time and he's would have been so easy for him to sulk about it and say "Oh, I'm not getting the chance here and his agent to say oh, "Like, get me out of yeah. here mm-hmm. but he's not, he's not done that no. so it is. It's a nice, refreshing change to see, rather than someone throwing the toys out the pram and saying, "Well, if I'm not your first choice, see, I'm leaving." So it's yeah. So yeah. for that reason, it would, it would be good to see him succeed at the club.
2: I think this could be another. This could be a happy accident of United and Marino not being on the same page with transfers because they they scouted options to replace Shaw sure, for upwards of eighteen months, and then it was weird that suddenly in June it emerged that they're not signing a yeah. left-back and that proved to be the case. I suspect that Mourinho was told you've not got the funds for that as and well as a so centre-back yeah. and forward. So he thought, OK, I've got Ashley Young, I've got Luke Shaw, I'll just have to stick with them for the time being. Uh, and United, they, they, they clearly, the, the board value these young players who Mourinho has certainly had issues with, be it Marshall, Shaw or Pogba. And when those three are fit and firing, you would say... You yeah, know, it, things are rosy for United. Um, but I do think with, with Shaw, he has got a high ceiling. There's a lot of room for improvement there. Um, it's just, it is slightly surprising that we're in this position that we're talking about him as a United player because given his contract situation, you'd have imagined there have been a decisive um, act taken there as to whether
0: to sell him or to give him a new contract. But he, he's still a little bit in limbo there. Yeah, and he's, like you say, he's starting to prove himself. He's certainly doing all the right things. Another player who's doing the right things, Andres Pereira, he started on Friday night. And like you said, before the match, that was such a lift for fans because deep down, you always had these doubts. Like we saw Watford last day last season, would he play the youngsters even though they were there and available? But in the end, we got to see him and Fred make his competitive debut. What did you make of that midfield? Free? Obviously, when Matic is back, you'd expect him to come back in. But are there going to be certain games this season where you think Mourinho might fancy going more attacking like that again? I certainly think there's an
2: argument for it. Um, there will be teams, you know, it will come up against where they don't really need three midfielders. Um, City play with three midfielders, but I think it's a very different approach because it's, it's Guardiola coaching them and it's, it's, it's a little bit more about possession-based football and it, it just really works well for them. It was reassuring, though, I thought, that he went with prayer rather than McTominay, who... For all his faults, it's probably more of a natural fit to play that role than Pereira is. But he's, he's really made an effort with Pereira there. And more more so, Pereira's really made an effort to fit in there. I think Mourinho alludes to it in pre season. He, he came from the left wing at Valencia, where he wasn't playing, or sorry, sorry certainly not starting yeah. so many games as he'd like. And he's adapted to that role um, really well. And he's he's got a bit of he's got a bit about him. Pereira, I thought the fact that he, he went on loan at the eleventh hour last season showed that um, he's quite a headstrong character. And he's he's suffered the odd setback. I think two years ago he was he was certainly I think it came to the last bit where Mourinho was going through his squad selection and he cut him at the last yeah. minute with uh, with but he went on loan to Granada and he got the playing time he needed and Rooney was clearly watching him very closely. And there's possibly a changing of the guard there in the United midfield. The Fellaini and Matic are 30, I think Herrera's 28 or 29. So having these younger options, um, grooming them to be an established um, age when it comes to their time when those guys are gone, uh, I think it's, it's sensible management
1: yeah he didn't look out of place did he I no. don't think at all I think his pass rate was something like 91% um, pass completion yeah. he'd look comfortable on the ball and he'd look comfortable going forward as well um, which I think fans want to see more <laughs> of that don't they so the more yes. con- conservative approach that maybe have adopted in some of the games last season against someone like Leicester there was absolutely no need for that so it was exciting to see that he'd picked a more attacking um, minded midfield but of all the talk that there's been about United not getting the signings that they wanted. He is kind of like a new signing, isn't he? Because I don't think when they named the pre-season tour squad that anyone would have looked at it and thought, oh, yeah, he's going to have a stand-up pre-season tour and he's going to basically cement his position within the starting eleven. You wouldn't be worried to see him on the, on the team sheet, for example, would you? And he's still really young.
2: No. Yeah. I, think you, I think certainly going into pre-season, you'd have thought... There's a good chance for him to be in that first squad against yeah. Leicester, so to have got into the first 11 yeah. is a major achievement. But that
1: was a lot to do with who wasn't yeah. available, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah on absolutely. the back of even if he had a good pre season, yeah, it's the fact that he's earned his place, yeah, he's not there to make up the numbers. No.
2: He's earned it with uh, Fellaini being back, Fred being available, Pogba yeah. being available as well. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the record holder is, but th- that must be some record. Like, I think it's nearly four years between your first. United debut and your first league start for United um, I, I, I had my doubts whether ever, whether that opportunity would ever come for him but he certainly
0: deserved it yeah that gives fans another big positive going into the, into the new season but there is that elephant in the room we've alluded to it a few times transfer dealings like <laughs> dun, Charles dun, said dun. <laughs> the business was <laughs> done early and it seems so hard to forget it seems an eternity ago that the Fred and Delow deals came over the line but United fans don't have to endure just Lee Grant signing he, He's a nice character to have around. Fans do like him. He's got a bit of a cult following at the moment, Lee Grant. But does
1: he? he? If you check, check, (laughs) I didn't know. If you go to
0: the the right places on Twitter,
1: (laughs) Lee Grant at Fan Club FC.
0: Only, only mean it at the moment. But we're recruiting. Got applications open. But was it disappointing then to the transfer window for you, Samuel? Because all summer, well, since about the turn of the year, United knew they needed a new centre back. It's not as if they've, they've had nine months almost to to prepare for this and still they didn't buy well
2: yeah you you could write a dissertation on this um i mean with fred and Dallow, the reason why they were done early with release clauses simple as that they'd identified fred a number of months earlier i think with Dallow, they paid a little bit more for the release clause than the release clause because uh, there was some competition there so easy to get those over the line easy to get lee grant over the line who didn't even earn a press release, I should add. I think he's they announced it like ten minutes before <laughs> England versus Colombia, so you'd have had um, good odds on that being United's last signing. Um, with, I mean, the, the the problem is that it is a recipe for disaster because the board have rejected Mourinho's targets. They rejected Perisic last year, but it didn't feel as much of a big deal at the time because United the mood was positive they won the Europa League they had a good pre-season they started the season on fire and also Rashford and Marshall were you know, dovetailing very well on the left wing and it was almost as if the paris links had spurred them uh, to, to perform even better than they had previously but this summer Mourinho made it absolutely clear that he wanted two more players I think he said it all that going into deadline day we were talking about the possibility of only one and uh Mourinho's press conference was in the morning he said just after 9am that they're not signing anyone yeah, so killed
1: everyone's deadline day
2: coverage so uh, he must have got word of that like probably the night before yeah. or you know, certainly sometime uh before that but as i said th- there's not anyone on the board um in a powerful position anyway who has a superior football knowledge the Mourinho and that's that's a big big problem there. And uh, last season, United said that the reason they didn't sign Perisic was because Inter didn't sell from sorry didn't want to sell from Mourinho's camp's perspective it was because the funds weren't made available, and there was an issue about Perisic not being a marketable enough player. Which again, you know, you get into that territory. What Woodward said at the last conference call when he said how we finish doesn't affect how no, what we can do in a the commercial American sense. Fans. Yeah, which. Went down like a lead balloon with supporters um, and, and obviously with with Alder I can see where the board are coming from because they can say to Mourinho you've spent over 60 million on two centre backs the last two summers and you've not played them together uh, I think Baye and Lindelof the first time they played together in a competitive yeah. game was on Friday um, you know go, go and play those guys see how they get on Mourinho could justifiably say I can tell you fat fact Toby Alderweire is better than those players yes. and also teams are playing with back threes a lot these days I can't play with a back three because I've got Smalling or I've got Jones or I've got Rojo to play in it I can't rely on them they're brittle they're not good enough whatever we all know about the comment he said about yeah. Smalling you know, we're for sure not playing out in the back with your <laughs> feet ahead of the Europa League final and um, that's that causes a that's going to cause a problem because Come November, if United are 10 points adrift of um, City or whoever's there, Mourinho's going to point to that. And that's without even mentioning the forward issue, which is the fact that United have still not signed the right winger and they've got a great aerial presence, potentially great aerial presence there in Lukaku, and you have to service that. And it's not good enough having... I think is partly culpable by getting Dallow in because I think they needed a more established right-back than a 19-year-old with, what, eight appearances in the league where Lindelof was a regular and you saw how much he struggled. Yeah. And your natural width down that side is Valencia, who's on first-name terms with the first man every time he crosses right. the ball because his crossing is that unreliable. And we're still in this position nearly three and a half years later that the best right-wing option is, is Juan Mata, who was seen as a stopgap there. So I think if Mourinho had his way, Marshall would have gone out. Someone like William would have come in. Um, I can understand why a lot of supporters are glad that's not happened because it's a 22-year-old who could be world-class against a 29-year-old who is, is a gifted player but also seen as very functional. And then, but ultimately, you know what United fans in this in this matter is moot because it's all about what the manager wanted and the board have not backed the United manager. Um, in the transfer market, and you know, going back to United board not wanting short term fixes, as that was the quote that was um, mentioned to us last week, uh, it goes back to the days of you know the, the glazonomic, no value in the market, and only buying players under the age of 26. United made a couple of exceptions with Mourinho, in that Ibrahimovic and Sanchez came to the club but you look at that and think Ibrahimovic was a free Sanchez yeah. was a swap deal for Henrik Mkhitaryan other than those you know, signings I don't think they've made you know, the, the other signings he's made have all been a lot younger which is why they would have been happy to pay uh, £89 million for Paul Pogba and also why you know, as was intimate to us they would have been happy
0: to spend £100 million pounds on Rafael Varane if he was available yeah, but is that a concern going to the new season without the new centre-back do you think that can cope with it we saw on Friday they dealt well with a good attacking side in Leicester but I, I thought mean...
1: that buying and Lindelof looked solid and um, it's not something we've had chance to see as a centre-back pairing yet because no that was the first competitive game that they played together they also played well in the friendly against the last friendly against Bayern, Bayern yeah. until Bayern went off injured they were promising then and then obviously they played well so it would be I think Mourinho needs to stick with them because if you look back at all the solid centre-back partnerships United have had in the past yeah. It was a two. It wasn't a one solid person that you're going to switch someone out with each time because they need that understanding between them. And they did see, they covered each other quite well, I thought, against Leicester as well. It wasn't just like good individual performances. They did cover each yeah. other well. Mm-hmm. But Samuel alluded to it there. It wasn't it. I think the big one of the biggest issues for the fans with the transfer window was not the fact they didn't bring anyone else in. It's the reasons why they haven't brought anyone in. Yeah. And if those reasons aren't resolved, and Mourinho's is not going to be backed again well, what's he going to do if he's not getting back? Is he is he going to leave? Some, and people are saying Ed Woodward should go, but who's going to go first? I'd probably argue that Mourinho will go over him.
2: But... I, 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 I certainly do not see Woodward going, no. because the Glazers just yeah. love him for, for what he does for them. And, I mean, the commercial side of things, he's done a phenomenal job. I think before he came in, Leon and Borussia Dortmund had more sponsors than United. I looked at it last week, I think United now got... 65 partners, and Liverpool have got like 23, something or 22, I think it was. So it's it's staggering, and that's and that's also another issue with Mourinho in that Liverpool spent 170 million pounds. Well, I think over 100 million pound more than United, and they have that's that's the amount of global partners they have. They get 20,000 fewer in Anfield every other week, so he's entitled to ask why has there been this massive drop off you look at United's post more spending in the in the summer transfer window, it's like 150 million 100 odd million 140 million 140 million and then it goes down to 73 million and it's like it's like a graph of the roaring twi- 20s to the Wall Street yeah. crash it's it's a it's a significant drop off that you can't just put down to exorbitant agent fees and market inflation I think this was the this was the transfer window to back Mourinho, in that there was a measure of progressive, um, there was a mes- measure of progression last season whereby they they jumped from sixth to second in the Premier League. Okay, City blew everyone out of the water. United shouldn't be finishing nineteen points behind them, but they did leap four places to second. You know, give them a bit more money to really kick on and go ahead, but. I think there's an element of complacency at the club whereby they think if Champions League football is secure they don't need to release yeah. as many funds and it's not a coincidence they think that United's most extravagant summers have come after they've failed to qualify for the Champions League.
0: Yes, yeah, the Arsenal approach almost. It's that's a it, problem. It? It's, 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 it's an Arsenal approach, yeah. isn't it? And especially, it doesn't matter how much Liverpool... When Fulham and Wolves are both coming into the Premier League and spending more than you, it doesn't really matter how much money you're making, does it? There's, there's got to be... So, yeah, United you know, knew what they needed this summer and they still yeah, did not address that He,
2: he, is, he is very um, advanced in his preparations for transfer windows I think ahead of last summer as he told us in February I know the players that I want Um, so you know he, it's, it's almost if like halfway through the season he's pinpointed the weaknesses and he knows what he wants he gives the list I mean he, during the tour as well what was noticeable was that he was becoming more transparent with um with a matter of transfers, and that it, you know he, he talked about the list he gave Woodward months ago, he took and then he specified exactly how many more players he wanted as well. Um, I mean, they have they have let him down. I I, I just think that after all this, all the rancour all the tension, um, if if United do somehow win the Premier League this season, it's Mourinho's greatest achievement easily yeah
0: And Charlotte head him into this new season sorry I'm shock. just
1: shocked that the United somehow winning the league comment <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> was,
0: was, was, I was going <laughs> <was> <laughs> to be my next question to you. what do you think the realistic ambitions I mean why can't I mean, we know why United can't but we saw that season that City won the league without a good defence United started clicking and attack teams you hear the same rhetoric every pre-season I just can
1: sorry to be negative Nancy about this but I just can't see it happening but I know if we could have predicted what was going to happen on the opening weekend City would be back to their brilliant best and Liverpool would smash West Ham and everyone had everyone's still obviously falling over Liverpool aren't they that's yeah, because that's their favourite task yeah. to do yeah. um, but my prediction is United's you know, um, finished the.
0: Think you've got some of this being recorded and we can click yeah, this okay. play back <laughs> to you at the end of the season <laughs> that's
1: fine my prediction is Third. Do you not think United City are going to win it and Liverpool are going to come second
0: do you not think United have an advantage in the fact that maybe they are slight underdogs in a title race for a change I
2: kind of um, I think the, the, just on the piece on that kind of like going off the like parallels done. with 2006, 2006 yeah. and how there was a real pessimism air of pessimism, I think 4-4-2 even predicted that United finished 4th that season mm-hmm. which was really striking yeah. and what Ferguson just you know council was players from within getting better and he had the player of the century and Ronaldo, who was in the process of becoming a world-class player. What happened at the World Cup was, was the making of him. Rooney stepped up a level, um, Skulls reinvented himself. Saha was, was better for the team than Van Nistelrooy, which still now sounds like a remarkable statement, but he was at the time. Giggs uh, had his best season in five years Davidic Ferdinand Axis um, began officially yeah. really and I don't think there's been a better partnership in defensive partnership in United's history Evra was a really good left back as well so even though they only made one outfield signing that summer in Carrick and they wanted to make another because they wanted Hargreaves they wanted um, they looked at Marcos Senna as well uh, Ferguson had kind of like assembled a new team really from players mm. within and you just you, you hope that Mourinho can do likewise here I mean Shaw feels like a new player even though he's been there four years it's a new defensive partnership new midfielders and Fred and, and Pereira okay you don't expect Pereira to start every game um, it's just really when you look at the attack where there's a bit of familiarity about it but if United are in a very competitive position come January I think that should strengthen his hand of, of possibly going out there yeah, like, and reinforcing the squad and also there were going to be I mean if Willian doesn't sign a new contract with Chelsea if there's a bit of uncertainty there I think he's got he'd have 18 months in his deal that's an avenue to explore possibly um, or an alternative target but um, yeah I still have my doubts it'll happen purely because back then for example Ferguson got what he wanted which was get rid of Van Nistelrooy Rino's not got what he wanted and the, the club have prevented him from selling Marshall so everyone's not rowing in the same indeed. direction like they were 12 years ago but so there's, an, there's, there's an omen there's there we some eerie yeah, parallels
0: I, I know
1: I'm not being negative I'm not realist I, I'm not discrediting United's chances I'm not saying they're going to have a dreadful season and play dreadful football no. what I'm trying to take That's into given, consideration yeah. is that I just think City and Liverpool are going to be better. Yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that it's going to be a disastrous season from United, and I expect it to be a lot closer than it was last season. I think people, uh, teams will have wised up with how to play against City. But I just can't see, at yeah. see a world where United, <laughs> win, the where United win the league this season. I just can't see it happening.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I
2: don't think they will win the league, but... There's there's ample motivation there for them. I mean, if, if Mourinho really wants to prove a point I amid mean, following all this um these these issues with the board, then it's it's to go and win the league. And if he doesn't win the league it's 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 the black mark against his career. At Manchester
0: is yeah. the club where, where he effectively failed. Yeah. yeah. Um to get on board with that, uh... Title aspiration that would go again against Brighton a trickier away they We remember Brighton right, away last year. Oh, right, <laughs> we go yeah, again? We go again. Don't let it slip. We remember <laughs> the last second
1: season. game of the season. We
0: remember last season at Brighton away. It was wasn't the most enjoyable affair. Um, I'm not no, sure. normally sure if- six hour drive. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if you have to make <laughs> the journey yourself. But uh, yeah. what are you expecting from Brighton away this season? Would you go with the same size that beat Luster Would you make any changes? Um, some of the World Cup stars might. I I'd bring Lukaku really in. Yeah. Um, I think that's a no-brainer. Uh,
2: Rashford there was there was a point in the early in the first half where Mourinho had to check on him cuz it looked like he'd yeah. got an injury and Lukaku warmed up for about 30 seconds and you wonder whether that impact impacted his performance um Mourinho said after again Rashford was in trouble which I don't know if that was reference to his fitness he didn't or look sharp, the injury did he? no and I, I mean i think he's he's just a better his best performances last season were from the wing and i think that's probably the best place um to keep him which obviously uh, post the question as to what United would do if, if Lukaku were to get injured but it, he's the obvious one you'd bring back in I think from Rashford's perspective he's got to he's just got to look at that right wing he's got to look at what Raheem Sterling did as a conventional yeah. right winger last season and think why can't I do that I should be able to do that Yeah, if I focus I could you know, if, he, if someone plays as well as he, he's got the ability I think to be very good in that role I've just not seen it every time he plays on the right wing he's he's used as I think it was at, against Newcastle last season Mourinho said he had to create a mid-left role because yeah, just, just to, to accommodate him because he wasn't playing well there and that's that's obviously still a dilemma but you think with Rashford if, if he's really if he wants to become your nice first team it's not going to be as a striker, I think as a left wing, essentially, it's not going to be there either at the moment with Sanchez. But you look at the right matters there enter the last year of his contract. That's that's the vacancy there to go for. But uh, but yes, going back to the original point, <laughs> it, it would still it, it prob- the only change would probably be for me anyway, um, Lukaku for uh, for Rashford also right back. If if has gone if, uh, before the window, the Italian window closed on Friday, then it's got to be young there. Do you
1: agree, Sean? Sure. Yeah, I'd probably start you on the right back, even if Tommy. Yeah, was I would as well, here, I should to be say
0: honest. that. Be <laughs> <out>. <laughs>
1: he had a bit of a shocker on Friday. Um, but yeah, Lukaku, I'd say, is the only the only change. Well, that's mm-hmm. fantastic.
0: Negative Nancy's gone positive as well before the end of the podcast. I, <laughs> I
1: thought, was but... being positive. I'm trying to be po- <laughs> realist.
0: Yeah, well, you'll be able to rub it in our faces come the end of the season when you're not finished third anyway. Maybe but... we
1: should put some bet on it. Yeah,
0: we, yeah. One's one. I, we don't condone betting on the Manchester Shad of course anyway, not you, responsible betting unless we get, sponsored, unless we yeah. get sponsored which <laughs> we are looking for so if any gambling companies are listening <laughs> uh, feel free to get in touch but thank you very much for joining us the first one of the season you. we'll be thank back you. next week who knows what mood we'll be in then?
1: who knows maybe
0: we'll be more positive maybe we'll be more positive <laughs> maybe you'll be more <laughs> positive yeah, sorry maybe I'll be more positive <laughs> we shall see a lot of thought that is thank you very much for joining us make sure to subscribe on ACast for all the latest episodes and join us again next week when we return Dun dun dun. 40 minutes that, not too That's pretty good.